0: Today's episode is brought to you by our company, Sales Schema. Sales Schema helps agencies and B2B service companies build a reliable business development system through tasteful and targeted outreach. To learn more about us and check out our latest video training, go to saleschema.com slash take charge.
1: So before, when I just had an agency... I would get on a call with a a prospective client. This is great for, for agency owners out there. I would get on a call with a prospective client and they're like, well, yeah, what do you know? How do I know you know it? And once I had a book, typically I would send it to prospective clients prior to my call. And I'd get that same question. What do you know? How do I know you know it? And I'd say, well, did you read chapter three of the book that I sent you? And inevitably the answer is no, right? No, I didn't read it. But it gives you the credibility that just puts you above your competition.
0: Welcome to the Digital Agency Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Englander. Today's episode is sponsored by our company, Sales Schema. And we are a fractional new business team for marketing agencies and related marketing service companies. Even if you're not at the point of being able to hire a company like ours, I still want to do my best to help out. And today, we are giving away access to our most recent recorded video training titled Relationship Driven New Business at Scale. Emphasis on at scale. This is all about how we secure 5-20 to weekly brand agency relationships for each one of our clients using tasteful email outreach centered on personal and or business commonalities. A few things we cover. We cover the two big shifts that have created a huge need for this approach and why we think you should rethink uh, the way your agency builds relationships and does new business. We cover the specifics on dozens of commonalities that we have used successfully to build relationships between agencies and brand side decision makers. We cover a simple follow-up process that you can use for your team, if, even if you're busy, even if you're in a mixed role between sales and client service. And we cover actual copy examples that you can use to get inspired and build your own campaigns. So if you'd like to get access to the video training, which runs about 30 minutes or so, you can do that by going to salesschema.com slash relationships. Again, salesschema.com slash relationships, plural. So today on the podcast we have Andy Splayko. So Andy is the author of Make Each Click Count, which is a book series. He's also the founder of True Online Presence and he hosts the Make Each Click Count podcast and he's the founder of his online course series uh Make Each Click Count University. So I think that there are a couple different angles that are going to be really useful to you. The first is if you are an agency that's involved in e-commerce marketing in any way, you're really going to want to listen to this episode because Andy is going into what's working for clients and everything that he's learned by laser specializing into into search marketing as well as, as Facebook ad optimization and other things like that for growth stage e-commerce brands. So that's the first angle. The other angle is even if you're not involved in the e-commerce world at all, Andy's story is really useful if you're thinking about building out credibility. Uh, he has written several books focusing on a particular niche. He's used that to segue into a very successful online course and a podcast. That's everything that he uses to maintain a constant over subscription to his consulting and agency services that a team is fulfilling. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, I think you're going to get a lot out of this episode. And without further ado, please give it up for Andy Spiegel.
1: Andy, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Of course. You're definitely you know doing interesting things in the marketing front. You have books out, you have courses uh, focusing on what looks to be, you know, very useful tactical stuff, and that that's great. So, first, I'd love if you could uh, take a minute to just kind of give us your backstory and how you got here and so on.
1: Sure. Well, I got my start in e-commerce back in the early two thousands. I was working, as a lot of people did, for for somebody else, and realized that I needed to make a change and decided to start my own agency in in two thousand and fourteen, and do it in what I had been doing for the last. Fifteen years of the time, which was managing e-commerce advertising.
0: Very cool. And with that, you know, one one question I often like to ask people because I went through the same process myself. I was working at a creative shop, kind of shuffling back and forth between sales and client service, selling animated video to big companies and stuff. And then I was able to do it from like kind of stair-stepping my way out of the business. I self-published the book myself. This was years ago now. Got a few consulting clients, and then eventually you kind of like moonlighted and then took a kind of a part-time version of my current job, and then finally was able to just kind of step out. So how did you go about doing that, going from being employed to starting the agency?
1: Sure. I mean, first, I mean, it's a whole new world, right? Even if you are great at what you do, it's a whole new skill set. And, and you really need to figure out how to market yourself and how to market your services and how to market and do so and compete with others who are doing it, who have been doing it longer. You know, for people thinking, I do this, I'm really good at it. I could just start my own agency. There's more to it than just that. So the first step was really to figure out how to get clients is, is really the biggest thing. I mean, you need to be able to provide them the service. I mean, don't get me wrong. You want to provide a really good service. But if you don't know how to get clients, if nobody sees you, if nobody trusts your credibility, then everything else is, doesn't really mean anything.
0: And I definitely want to want to get into that. Let's take a step back. Can you take us through, you know, what you're doing, services you're you're typically providing, and, and the, the programs you have and so on?
1: Sure. I mean, I have a number of different programs, and all of them really go into my passion, which is helping small business increase their business and profitability. And so I do this in a number of ways. I've published three different books through the make each click count book series. I have my Make Each Click Count podcast. I have Make Each Click Count University, where I have different courses on my specialty, as well as others that I've brought in, different contributors to the university that show things that I am not an expert on. And I also take on private clients on a limited basis through my agency, True Online Presence.
0: Very cool. So so with that, I'd love to kind of zoom back in time again and did you start out with the services model and the agency side or, or the core side? Or how, how did you kind of kick things into gear?
1: Yeah. When I left, I had been with an e-commerce company who was doing pretty well. They were doing about $10 million a year in sales. And I had been directing and managing their marketing, online marketing in Google, in Yahoo at the time, and in Amazon. And we were spending, trying to remember the numbers, maybe five or $600,000 a year. And so it was pretty good return on investment. And I had a lot of experience doing that. And I was like, well, I'll just take my experience and start my own agency and do it for a lot of people was my thought.
0: So from that agency model, what were some of those early lessons and what did it take for you to decide to kind of launch courses and go that route?
1: Credibility. I left and I had a number of contacts for doing it like 10 years of different service providers that were not offering my service, but offering related things. So I really specialized in Google Shopping and I did then too. So I had data optimization companies that I knew that said, hey, if you need somebody reliable, go check out Andy, he can help you. And so that was a great way that really kickstarted my clients. But after that, you know, I could do referrals and I could get that, but to grow, how do you do it? And it's really credibility because there's a lot of people doing the same thing I'm doing it. There's a lot of people not doing it very well. And so you have to show that you can do it right and the best way is is kind of like what you did i self published my first book and really went into to what i did
0: for sure and it's funny because this is a super timely because i'm about 80% through the first draft of of a new book and it's it's fun i find that it's really compelling to kind of think by writing you know and it's been probably five years since the last one I put out there. So I'm excited about it. So I'd love to just hear, you know, like, how do you think about what a book does for your business now versus when you wrote your first one, maybe?
1: You know, I think it does a few things. I mean, reach is a good thing. I mean, you're selling it on Amazon if you're self-publishing it. I've had people contact me from all over the world. I have a clients in India. I have clients in Ireland. I, have a, I mean, really all over where I wouldn't necessarily think of connecting because all my my referrals, most of them are the US based. So I mean, it gives you just a worldwide reach. And second is credibility. So before when I just had an agency, I would get on a call with a a prospective client. This is great for for agency owners out there. I would get on a call with a prospective client and they're like, well, yeah, what do you know? How do I know you know it? And once I had a book, typically I would send it to prospective clients prior to my call. And I'd get that same question. What do you know? How do I know you know it? And I'd say, well, did you read chapter three of the book that I sent you? And inevitably, the answer is no, right? No, I didn't read it. But it gives you the credibility that just puts you above your competition.
0: In our world, in the agency world, there's a lot of people that know lots of of interesting things and know how to do what they do if they've been around for long enough. And I think the the one objection that I tend to hear is, well, I don't want to give away my secrets because then somebody, you know, could run with, with what we do. That tends to be less common now. I think the bigger one is how the hell do you find time to write a book and <laughs> to get it out there in addition to everything else you're doing, sales, clients, HR, et cetera. So I'd love to hear, you know, how you think about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, but I don't know if people are gonna like it. You know, I'm very dedicated. I get up and I started this when I was trying to figure out how to get the time. And I get up every day at 5 a.m. and I produce content until 7. So two hours of content building every morning, whether it's the book, whether I'm working on the university, whether I'm working on the podcast, I'm doing content. And that has really been the secret of of trying to get everything out. And then not only do I do that, but then I start my day and I do my own marketing for about an hour or two before I get it. I mean, I have a team that does a good part of the client work now, but I'm still involved day-to-day. But I do agency stuff and content producing before I get into the day-to-day management. That's really
0: important. And I kind of do some of the same. And I find that it's you know the thing that I enjoy most. And I think that's probably true for a lot of people. With that, I'd love to hear how you think about content writ large. You know, There's lots of I think it's interesting because a lot of our audience are agencies that do content production. You know, they might write articles, they might produce videos or whatever. But I've found, you know, long form content to be something that's really tough to do out of house. And I think that's something I've heard a lot from a lot of people. So although, you know, you're not necessarily in a content production space, you're you're more in digital marketing and so on, I'd love to hear, you know, if you had to Get content off your plate or if you were going to build a business that you could walk away from, how easy or hard do you think it would be for you to step out of that seat, if that makes sense?
1: You know, that that is a tough one. I don't know if and and that is an ultimate goal of a lot of agency owners is to eventually be able to walk away. But if you're producing the content and content is key, then how you know, when you're showing you, you're selling your personality, then how do you do it? I mean, I guess the slowly turn it over to somebody you trust and work with them on creating the content, but then you're stuck with that person. So that's really kind of the, the catch-22. Personally, my thought is if I ever sold it and wanted to turn it away, because I'm using the content to grow the agency, and then it would be back to the referrals and, and to be large enough that it would be self-sustaining where you didn't need that content anymore.
0: As a quick break, I wanted to let you know about our newest video training, How to Take Charge of Your Agency's Future Revenue. By the end of this training, you're going to learn how we get two to five qualified appointments every week using tasteful and highly targeted email outreach. That might not sound like a lot, but once you understand the outreach napkin math, you're going to learn how this can lead to massive scale for your agency or B2B service company. In addition to that, you're going to learn the six steps for successful outreach campaigns based on everything that we've learned from working with more than 100 agencies since 2014. You're going to get the complete agency outreach tech stack so you understand the right tools for getting the right results. And you're going to see agency to brand email examples and get inspiration from high converting campaigns. So to get this 30-minute training, all you need to do is go to saleschema.com slash take charge. Again, that's saleschema.com slash take charge. And to to shift gears a little bit and kind of get a little bit tactical, I'd love to just kind of hear how these things kind of slot into place, like in your own sales funnel and your own marketing funnel. And you don't have to get into like revenue numbers or anything specific like that. But I'm curious because I'm not selfishly in the middle of the, of the same process. We have courses and we're building out Facebook funnels and books. And so I'm wondering like is the goal ultimately to get as many people as possible into the consulting or do you think about these things as sorts of straight funnel or do you think about these things differently or in kind of a more siloed way?
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's tough. It's kind of I'm growing both of them simultaneously. So I have my private clients and the agency. But with with any agency, there's limitations. On how many clients you can take. I mean, one of the things I, I found when I first started is you're going up against these great big agencies where if you're a smaller account, what they will do is they will give you to a junior marketer. And a lot of times the service was crap, right? And they're paying premium prices to work with a large agency and not getting very good service. So that's one thing I've really been trying to avoid. And so I do have a limitation on how many clients I take. With that said, like I said, my passion is helping small businesses. And so I do that through the book, through the podcast, and ultimately through the university where I can take as many people as they want, be able to level offer a level of support and help them grow their business through that. And
0: I think that that's really cool. And it definitely gels with some bigger trends that we're seeing in the agency space. Like I was just at uh, the, the BABA Summit, Build Better Agency Summit with Drew McClellan and Joe Polizzi was there. He was running Content Marketing Institute and, and Robert Rose. And they kind of made the case that worlds are colliding and things are kind of meshing together in the agency world. We have publishers like the New York Times, essentially they've built out a full service creative agency. You have agencies like like yourself and other, even bigger ones that are developing courses and other, other ancillary products kind of becoming publishers. Some of them are hosting industry events, you know, for the audiences they serve and all that sort of thing. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, do you think that, you know, it's sort of just a natural progression that you're going to go from a services model in order to fund building out products and that sort of thing? Or how do you think about that?
1: I think that it really just depends on how many people you want to serve as an agency owner. So, you know, if I wanted to be just me And make a healthy six figure income. It's pretty easy if you're an agency. If you want to do it, if you got the experience and you want to sell your just your time, it's not brain surgery. You can do it just by being able to establish credibility, being able to offer good service where you are getting good testimonials, showing your expertise through a book, through blogs, through pot. I mean, it's pretty easy. The question is, is do you want more and do you want to serve more people? And that's really where I am on trying to probably expand and give more out. And it seems the more people you serve, the better, at least the more fulfilled I am. So that's where I am with that and trying to grow.
0: Yeah. And and that sort of brings us to one of the the more like reoccurring conversation points on our podcast, which is specialization. I think in the past, I used to kind of think of this as, as niching, right? And now I think of it a little bit broader. I don't think it necessarily has to mean, mean niching. Uh, so I, but, and you seem to be very specialized, right? You're focusing, it seems to be like ad optimization for growth stage e-commerce businesses. So I'd love to hear about that. How did you land on that? You know, How tempted are you to go outside of that? How important is it for the, the health of your business?
1: Huge, huge. Yeah, you can't say enough about that. When I started, like so many agency owners, when you're starting and you don't know how to really sell yourself or your services, you will take money from anybody who will pay you. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If they want to pay you, you'll take the money. And if you are doing that, I mean, there's a few problems with it. One, how do you focus your marketing? You know, you can't. How do you really get good at your craft if you're always learning new things? And even if you're doing the same craft, even if you're doing Google ads, how do you do Google ads for, as an example, how do you do it for e-commerce as well as for plumbers, for roofers, for dentistry? I mean, whatever. If you're doing anything, you should specialize in it just so you can focus your energy and your resources on offering the best service you can. And that's really how you're going to grow your agency and how you're going to be fair to your customers.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more, but I'd love to to dig into it a little bit more in terms of the agency that's struggling with that. Maybe they have a bunch of different verticals, a bunch of different services they offer. It seems like there's a number of ways to do it. and One of the more interesting ones I heard was kind of like, you know, specializing by audience, right, as opposed to anything else. So you might be really good at reaching consumers in the Midwest or something, and then you do all sorts of services for those people. So I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on that. Like, what are some of the viable ways to to specialize that you've seen out there? And also, you've interviewed a lot of people on your show. So maybe you've seen some examples there.
1: Sure. I mean, I, I would give it a few things. I would say, one, what do you like, right? What interests you? Because if you are creating ads for something you don't like, or you're working with something you don't. What are the people you like? <laughs> you know? If you don't like working with, I don't want to pick on lawyers, but you don't like working on lawyers, then don't specialize in working with lawyers. What's a sweet spot as far as where are you making the most money? Where can you offer the service and make more money? You don't want to even mess around with something you don't like, and it doesn't pay you well. That's a double strike and where do you get the best results because if you're getting the best results in one vertical now mine's a little bit different all right because i specialize in e-commerce clients so i am you know i'm a little bit hand tied where i can't go if i have one t-shirt company i can't go after another t-shirt company selling the same stuff if you're doing a professional service and you're doing roofer you know you can do the roofer in la you can do the roofer in new york you can almost copy those campaigns over so it's really a nice way to scale if you're doing professional services, but I would think you know where is the potential for profit? What do you like to do, and where are you good at? Would be the three things I would yeah. recommend somebody take a look at.
0: I guess one question that I think comes up for a lot of our audience is the size of your market and that kind of thing. For example, like we sell into growth stage agency agencies, probably roughly like ten to you know hundred two hundred employees, and there's. Not unlimited number. Uh, there's probably five figure number of agencies in the U.S. and Canada that fit that bill. You know, something like that, I would guess. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, you know, how how big uh, it seems like e-commerce is a very big pie. But how do you think about the way you market in terms of the size of the market you're selling into long term?
1: Well, I mean, it's key. You you need to have a market, right? <laughs> if you're selling to one-eyed wood carvers is your specialty, it's probably too niche to grow your company. Well, and, and you got to figure your goals, right? How big do you want to be? If you don't want to be that big and, you know, a few one-eyed wood carvers are all you need, then it doesn't need to be a big niche. So I think first you need to figure out what you want to do, what's your goals, where you're going to be happy, and then look, are there enough people that you could serve to make that happen?
0: Yeah. To shift gears a little bit, I'd love to get into what you're actually doing <laughs> in terms of, of ad optimization and what you're seeing out there. I think obviously the, the thing that's shaken up everything is you know iOS 14 and so on. So first, I'd love to just hear how has iOS 14, if at all, affected what you're doing?
1: Yeah. For my clients, I'm handling paid ads on Google, Bing, and on Amazon, if they're selling on Amazon. So there is no... I mean, for Google... Most of my clients have the best ROAS, the best ROI coming out of Google Shopping Ads. And so there is no issue. There might be some issue with retargeting, but typically that's not a huge piece of e-commerce sales. Most of it's going to be the direct you see it once. You know, maybe you buy, maybe you don't, maybe you come back later and buy, but optimizing for keywords, for products, for, and doing all that through Google Shopping is where most of my clients see the majority of their sales.
0: That's interesting to yeah. me. So I'd love to learn more about it because, you know, my understanding is that there's something like, I think you have some material on this, like 97% don't buy immediately in a lot of cases. So why why is that different in,
1: in the e commerce space? No, that is. that That's in the Google Retargeting book that I have, Make Each Click Count Using Google Retargeting. And it's not different. They don't buy and it's all cookie-based. So there is an iOS issue. But typically what I'm saying is for most advertisers using Google, retargeting isn't a huge piece of the sales they're producing. So you know, maybe it's 5%, maybe you can go up to 7 or 8 but it's not a big piece. Most of it is driven through the paid ads. It's going to come from shopping for e-commerce, one, search, two and definitely display three and retargeting as a, a piece of display
0: yeah that that makes sense. This is kind of my loose impression of of working with Google ads as kind of like a novice and different lives throughout the years is that it feels like a mature market like there's kind of like best practices there's not a lot that had changed the last time I was there and it's sort of just about doing these things right that said, I'd love to you know learn from you about that like has the the board been shaken up in ways are there things that have changed a lot since you, from when you first started working on it to where you
1: are now that you can talk about. Oh yeah. I mean, when I first started working on it, search was the big thing, right? And you know what search ads are, right? The ads that go on top, they used to go on the side. Now they just go on top, but that used to be the the biggest piece of the ads by a long way. And maybe because they're so easy, anybody can run a search ad. You put in the keyword, you write the ad, you put in the URL, you're done. You could write a search. It might not be a good search app, but you can write it in 30 seconds. You could be up and running. However, most of the success for e-commerce goes through Google Shopping now. So those where you actually see the image, when you do a search, the image, the price, the title, and that's different. So for shopping ads, you got to send your data feed into Google Merchant Center. You got to link it into your Google Ads, and then you got to serve the ads. And the catch is, is that there's no keywords. So Google is taking the keywords from your title and from your product description and matching it to user queries. And so the trick comes, I shouldn't say trick, but the skills, the skill comes on trying to match which products for which keywords and how to do it since there is no keywords.
0: And basically trying to figure out. These kind of like emergent properties of people, you know, not quite knowing what they want yet, and then getting getting presented with something that they might. We run Google Ads, and one experience that I've had is that for most businesses, unless it's a giant business, it seems like it's uh, it's kind of the long tail, you know, is where you, where you have to live. And if you're bidding on a common keyword, it's going to be prohibitively expensive for lots of agencies, people in the B two B space, and that kind of thing. Like our our audience. So, just love to hear how closely that maps to your experience. Like, if we were to bid, like we do, for example, prospecting, sales consulting, et cetera, if we were to just bid on those keywords, we'd be up against, I don't know, Salesforce, like some different CRMs that can just outbid us all day. So, that kind of means we have to be in the back to the specialization and niche, sales prospecting for marketing agencies, et cetera. And then, even in those categories, even in the long tail categories, over time, we're seeing more competition, those clicks are more expensive and so on. So I just love to hear like, I guess my question is how closely does that map with your experience
1: (laughs) writ large? No. And and I mean, you made some good points, but what you were talking about is one of the reasons that I specialize in e-commerce, because what you're doing is more of what a professional service does is where you were doing search ads because you have no shopping ads. So you're looking at all you're doing is search and you're doing retargeting. So, I mean, there's a number of, of things that that you could do there, typically, and I can tell you for my ads, which are search, I'm running Facebook ads, because you can target a lot more. And I don't know if you know who Frank Kern is, but I'm a big follower of Frank Kern. And I put a lot of videos out. I mean, you could do the same thing on YouTube. But I would look at doing probably the YouTube ads, opposed to doing just straight search ads for what you're doing. Now, it's different. I mean, because you're national. So you're going to be doing search ads throughout the country. And you're right, the long tail is probably where you could compete, but then is there the searches for it? What you may be better at doing is looking at at running YouTube ads, which you can target a lot more. YouTube ads are pretty cool through Google because what you can do is you can even piggyback on other people's channels. It's called hijacking the traffic and put a little video out that runs in front of their YouTube channel when people go there. So it's a pretty cool process that I'll run for my own agency. But like I said, I for my own clients, I, I only work now with e-commerce, which is a different game because you got the shopping ads, which work so well. Which, yeah. you know, goes back to the other way. That's why it's important to have a niche, right? On what what you like to work with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That, that and that makes a lot of sense. And to, to hopefully bring this more to your core competency of, of e-commerce. We work with a lot of Amazon agencies and talk with lots of, of e-commerce agencies and that kind of thing. And My impression is that there's like, there's a precious few people that actually understand the Amazon space and how to like manage one of these accounts and all the moving parts that go into that. Cause it's like, it's almost like people have been trained in marketing and now in this context, they're having to balance operations inventory how these things kind of interact with each other and there's very few people that that can do that so I'd, l- I'd love to just kind of understand like how closely that maps to your experience and kind of like what you're seeing out there in terms of like the need for talent as it applies to Amazon
1: <laughs> Amazon is is much different they have it kind of broken out into the same for the paid ads into the same kind of campaign to ad group to keywords but it just it acts different I mean, for one, it's going to be a cheaper click than Google. People are going to be even more ready to buy. So that's a great thing. But there's also other key subtleties. Like, So with Google Ads, it doesn't matter how much traffic your listing gets. Through paid ads, your SEO is completely separate. Where you appear organically, that's not the case with Amazon. When you are doing paid ads, you're going to get cheaper clicks if you're actually sending organic traffic whether you're running Facebook ads into your Amazon ads. So it's interesting. Going after generic words is a big thing. But yeah, no, I see a lot of people that'll come to me and say, manage my Amazon ads. And maybe because it's newer, maybe because it's changing a lot quicker, the interface. I see a lot of Amazon accounts that aren't set up very well to either not set up to grow sales or not even blocking bad keywords coming in. You know, If you're an agency owner, that that might be a great place to start is to learn how to effectively run Amazon ads because there's there's a ton of need out there for that
0: yeah and it's uh, it's changing fast and it seems like there's a real Wild West dynamic so and then you kind of getting towards the end of the time I'd love to just learn like what are you working on these days like what's getting you up in the morning when, when you're spending that you know 5 a.m to 7 a.m which is crazy <laughs> that time block what's that going towards
1: yeah you know a couple things I need to rewrite the first book I'm hoping to do uh, before the end of the year the book was published In 2015, originally, which for Google Ads is a lifetime ago, right? It's at seven years, six years, almost seven years ago. So even though the strategies are still good, the interface has all changed. So that needs to be rewritten. So I'm working on that a bit in the morning. I'm working on some different holiday things. I just released a brand new three part series for getting your Google shopping ready it's a free tutorial. So I just finished that up. I think I'm going to run a, a Facebook challenge here coming up in October to get people who want to have their Google shopping up and running properly for the holidays. And then I'm working on a new course. So that's, yeah, I'm busy.
0: Very cool. And hopefully we'll, we'll have you back on to talk about the course in particular, because that's something I love to compare notes on because <laughs> we're, we're doing a bit of the same too. So what, what um, kind of course are you doing? Agency, new business, basically. So we've, okay. we've had a beta version out and our goal is to kind of revamp parts of it, improve it, and then build it into the Facebook funnel that we're working on right now. So we'll see how that goes. Well, good luck with that. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Awesome. And how can uh, people follow what you're up to, get in touch, all that good stuff?
1: You know, a number of different ways. You can go to makeeachclickcount.com is probably the best way. You can find links to my books, to the podcast, to the Make Each Click Count University if you are interested in being a private client, then go to trueonlinepresence.com. You can schedule an appointment to talk there.
0: Awesome. We'll get that linked up as well. And Andy, thanks again for your time. Really appreciate it.
1: Great. Well, it was a pleasure. Likewise.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. Again, today's episode is sponsored by our company, Sales Schema. Sales Schema helps agencies and B2B service companies build a reliable business development system through tasteful and targeted outreach. To learn more about us and check out our latest video training, again, you can go to saleschema.com slash take charge. Again, that's saleschema.com slash take charge.